0: Disenfranchised from everything. Well, I fall up and I fall down. An American loser, the day I was born.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, of course, we're back at a shared universe podcast studio. It's your boy KP Burke. All right, I'm over here with my Dilf of a dad, and this is another episode of American Loser.
2: Tell the folks at home, hi, Dad. Hi, Dad. Where else would we be? Oh, uh, you hack. We hack. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the same same hack every week. So, I mean, come on. Uh, it's true. Where are we though? We're in a shared universe podcast studio, but what town? Oh, none other than Holmdale, New Jersey.
1: Interesting. We don't have to give the name of the town away because I don't want one of our deranged fans to come kill you. Um, really? But you can <laughs> say that you now live a little bit closer to the studio. You and mom just uh, closed the deal. Well, we're in county anyhow. Yeah, that's weird. I said, close the deal. And that made it sound like divorce. And then he said, in county.
0: <laughs>
1: some County lockup. Yeah. Something more suspicious is here. And by the I way- I was wondering why I saw him there on Friday night. <laughs> I had some questions. You guys know that voice behind the ones and twos. Who else other than the big kahuna himself, whose last name will be revealed at the end of my comedy album debut. When it comes out, uh, you will have to see his name in the credits because- He's doing pretty much everything on this, all right? I wrote some <laughs> jokes. That's about all I did.
0: Nah, man. I, I got to shout out my buddies, Nicholas, Ryan, and Adam. They did, like, I, I did... I. Shot just like them, and every one of every single one of the people there were equally as talented. And we had our boy Chris Mad running the boards for us, and doing his the audio.
1: Wonderful girlfriend, who's a, honest to God an angel. Um, just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much about as good as they come on that one. Uh, so that was awesome, dude. You had a great crew that came out for that one. I'm very excited. I already started looking at parts of it. And if you guys help me uh, to put that thing out, because you remember the Founding Losers, were for only as low as three dollars a month, you can get a bonus exclusive episode because you get three episodes free a month. We're back on track with that now. You had to give me a little bit of slack, man. I was losing my
0: mind loading up for this special. We had we had some uh, matters that were that needed to be attended to. So minor, minor issues. Some yeah. serious matters, NJ. Nah, uh, I see what you baseball. did there.
1: But uh, Lawrence Patrick does have to get out of here at a reasonable hour tonight. So I'm going to go ahead and do all the plugs right up front here. If you guys like the show, you know how to support us. It's at American Loser Podcast over on Instagram and uh, American Loser Podcast on Facebook. You can find me at, at sucks over on Instagram and Burke over on Facebook. Facebook, I'm posting mostly jokes. Instagram, I figured out some new fun ways to be amusing on that one. You can check me out on the most recent episode of Real Ass Podcast with my hero and idol, Louis J. Gomez. I'm kidding. I'm normally terrified of him, but we've become friends now, I think. <laughs> um, but now the good people over at Gas Digital always taking great care of us. And uh, I do have a couple of the plugs I'll do, but I'll get to that later on in the show. We got to plow ahead and, uh, and get some stuff out there because this one's a good one. This <laughs> yeah. one's a bit
2: of a doozy. Talk about little known.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Little, little known. Almost to the point where – all right. So, <laughs> Kahuna, we, we've taught you a lot over the years. You've taught us a lot over the years. Mm-hmm. If I asked you to name two wars between the United States –
0: and I, mean, I didn't know this was a test and today. Uh, and what right, right. Zero pressure. It's a very
1: easy question. Not but even Friday. Name a them. war. A war between the United States and Great Britain. Just one.
0: The American Revolutionary War?
1: <laughs> well, uh, so you have the American Sorry, Revolution, the big, big one, right? And then you have uh, the War of 1812, which if you want to know more about, there's an epic two-parter over on our Patreon, folks. Please check that out. The show's been going for three years, and it's thanks to you that we get to keep doing it. And there have been plenty of battles between the British and the Americans. There's also a very special relationship cultivated between the two of them. Uh, we've built that as these two countries have become the strongest of allies in the modern world. When people mention these wars, it's always easy to say the American Revolution or 1812. But uh, damn, is it hard to say. And if you knew this answer before this episode, I want—I should probably just sign the rights to this show over to you because you know more than me. Today, we're going to talk about this week's loser is known as the infamous pig war.
0: The, the, pig Wait, the Pig War. Wait, the Pig War. The Great Pig War.
1: Yep.
2: P-I-G. The Pig War. Notorious. P-I-G. Uh, <laughs> Very long, long long time in, in its uh, going on. I mean, it wasn't a quickie. It was uh, years and years and years before the Pig War was finally resolved and casualties were – well, I guess, well, we'll talk about that. Yeah, it's going to be a strange
1: one. Of course, it's going to have all the ingredients of uh, a classic loser episode here because you've probably never heard of it and uh, never heard of it. You good
0: there? <laughs> <laughs> Swedish shift here on American Loser. Jesus. Sorry. Yeah, the stroke worse than on, I did. No, Jesus, we're going, to,
1: we're going to get back into it because I'm going to this is Matthew McConaughey.
0: <laughs> Matthew. So airs, how long did this war last for? Well,
1: it's interesting because uh, there is a. Inciting incident and an in, uh, an exit incident, if you will. So, there is a start and an end date to it. A lot of concerns in the middle here. But I'll go ahead. I'll lay a little bit of groundwork. Um, the year is 1859. So, you're talking pre-Civil War America. We're a nation on the rise. We're about to go to war with ourselves. That's when you know things are going right. good, I mean, when you can go to war with
2: yourself. Things things on the home front are a little contentious, a little contentious as to, uh, to say that uh, there were two sides or – Two sides to the aisle, well, two sides to the, to the well, to the whole country, really.
1: It is uh, it is so funny, too, because people get all bent up in modern history. Where they're like, uh, Obama's the worst president we've ever had. George Bush is the worst president. <laughs> and are like, no, the actual worst president of all time is the guy who broke the country. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what happened. We're talking a little bit about him here today. But uh, anyway, this one's 1859. And uh, the inciting incident is going to take place, as all wars do, involving a pig and some potatoes, and they're about to start an eight-year war that tests pre-Civil War America in ways
2: it wasn't quite sure was ready for. Dad, is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, again, things were not real calm on the home front between uh, the various political issues of the day, and uh, uh, we had come off another war previous to that where we were fighting the uh, the Mexicans with the Mexican-American War and this kind of factors into that as well. So I mean uh, (laughs) there's a lot of things all stirring into the pot here. And
1: we covered parts of the war with Mexico too which is essentially um, when America
2: America was a bully
1: and you know Become a had become a bully, I should say.
2: No, no, Kevin, they weren't bully. It was manifest destiny that we were destined to take over everybody. Well,
1: else. they were. <laughs> here's the thing this the way I look at it uh, America was a freshman, and then all of a sudden, halfway through freshman year, it hit its growth spurt, and all of a sudden, it goes, Wait, I can shove people in lockers? Yeah, and then literally, the war with Mexico is the United States saying, What are you gonna do about it, nerd? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And a little bit of that strategy is going on here because earlier we tried that when we were like in eighth grade. You know what I mean? When we were in eighth – if America was an eighth grader and it was like, I'm pretty big, and then it gets to high school and
2: goes, oh, shit. Maybe not. not. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not the big man on campus Yeah, that kid I had beaten
1: up maybe a year earlier that went away to high school, he's back now. Okay? (laughs) So that's your War of 1812 when the United States is saying, well, why don't we just go up into Canada and take this shit from the British? It it makes no sense. They're calling themselves Americans up there anyway. It just makes sense to do that. Now, that's happening mostly on the East Coast. Today's story – Way, way, way out there on the West Coast, Ed. Have you ever been there, by
2: the way? No, that's uh, still on the bucket list.
1: I have been to Washington State. And let me tell you, uh, there's a lot of homeless, okay? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's more than just a cup of coffee, though, too,
1: right? I really do enjoy that city, though. It's very nice. Uh I had a, a good time while I was out there from what I've been told. Um, but uh, <laughs> Again, this is 1859, so it's a little bit different, okay? Starbucks isn't quite out there just yet. Nirvana's not a thing. But uh, you're starting to see... It's really part of its modern-day Canada, and a lot of it is modern-day the state of Washington, not D.C. And this soon-to-be pig war is going to occur on the West Coast in this disputed territory that we're going to talk about today of the San Juan Islands.
2: Yeah. Now, San Juan, wait a minute. I thought we were talking about the Americans and the British, and now you're throwing in something called the San Juan Islands. So, is not that Teddy Roosevelt? There's a hill somewhere that (laughs) I certain Teddy Roosevelt. (laughs) T.R. kicks ass. (laughs) No, but uh, this whole area, this whole uh, geographic area, is was disputed right from the get-go. I mean, the Spanish are cl- laying claim to it, the British are laying claim to it, the Americans are laying claim to it. So, uh, different people would plant the flag and say, "Hey, we own this shit." Well, never mind the the natives that were there before you, but that's another whole issue. But it's a it, it's it's disputed territory.
1: I'm gonna go ahead and call around this time frame that the Great Britain or England or the UK, um, Britannia, whatever you want to call them, and the United States, you know, the the ungrateful colonials, however you want to refer to them, I'm going to say that this is our frenemy phase because coming at us, we've become like the best friends ever, you know what I mean? But it takes a while. Mm-hmm. So, we're in a frenemy stage right here where, hey, things are – we're starting to like each other again a little bit. I mean, we kind of just – we have so much in common. Why are we fighting, you know? And then this is going to kick things off a little bit again. Um before we jump into the inciting incident, is there any other background you want to lay down? Because once it goes, we're not we're, – Cahoon is going to have a lot of questions. So we're going to have to be prepared
2: <laughs> for that. It's, it's hard too. And I mean but this whole disputed area, it's more than just like the state of Washington. It's an archipelago, which is a – String of Excuse Islands. Excuse me? I
1: was yes. about to say, don't uh, use them
0: big book words. Archie who? This is a simple show.
1: I uh, I have a nosebleed now from saying <laughs> that word correctly. <laughs> archipelago? What? That's an archipelago, Larry. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah. It's a string of islands.
2: Well, that's know. a string of the islands that's in the, in the waterways. And there was a boundary that was created by uh, former uh, previous navigators, if you will. But even that was in dispute because they're just trying to draw a straight line. A few years previous, we're talking 1859 when this whole pig war uh, gets its kickstart. But previous to that in 1846, this whole area is disputed over. And finally, the United States and and Great Britain are trying to settle that. And through this agreement in 1846, they decide, well, the 49th parallel, that's where we're going to draw the line between the United States and Canada. Unfortunately, when they draw that line straight across on the 49th parallel, it goes down through the middle of a bunch of islands, or your Archie Capulgos, What was it? He almost landed. It. <laughs> he almost landed. That's an archipelago. You got I'm a nosebleed either. there too, boss. Absolutely, absolutely. So I mean, it's still it's still kind of vague as to who owns what, um, going through um, these islands that or the entrance to the. To the waterways. And again, waterway is is huge. That's your mode of transportation.
1: So 100 years ago, because remember, the inciting incident we're talking about here is 1859. So 100 years ago on the East Coast, you have French people, Dutch people, English people, all living together in this new territory. And there's a little bit of a dispute. Now, 100 years later, you have a bunch of different people and they're all saying, well, listen, if we just get enough of our people out there then you can kind of play this game of uh, almost risk or right. it's strategy where you're like, yeah. oh, well, I mean, what do, you, what do you mean you're kicking us out of the neighborhood? You Who know? owns it? Yeah. so Who rules the neighborhood? And that's the dispute right now is between um, Vancouver, okay? Which, by the way, I found it was named after uh, a guy whose name was Vancouver. So very original guys. I dig that one. And uh, <laughs> Vancouver, a sophisticated part of Canada to a degree. Okay, definitely uh, heavy on the British influence here around this time frame. Canada's not a real
2: thing yet. In terms of a nation. As far as a nation, yeah. An independent.
1: Right. So, they'll call it, uh, I think it's British Columbia nowadays. They say Vancouver, BC. I think. I want to... I'll check. I'll find out. Some some pleasant Canadian will just very politely explain to me that I'm an
2: idiot. And yeah, <laughs> just to get your head wrapped around it too, it's more than just a, that that Vancouver area. I mean, this whole disputed territory would take in Oregon, Idaho, portions of Wyoming and Montana and the province of British Columbia. So... We're talking a pretty good chunk of uh, territory.
1: Yeah. And I've said it a hundred times on this show, but it will always make me laugh. Oregon, um, I died of dysentery going out there in second grade.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <The> Oregon Trail. <laughs> that took out a lot of people, that dysentery. Uh, I'll say and
1: this- You get the squirts. You, that can lead to some serious stuff. Uh, I mean, I know too. I mean, I've I've drank enough Dunkin' Donuts over the years. Um, <laughs> but these uh, San Juan Islands, that's a subject of constant debate, constant debate and ill will between the frenemy nations- But it's inhabitants, so uh, politically they're like, oh, well, you know, the Americans like these goddamn Brits are over here and the Brits are like, these goddamn Yankees, what are we going to do with them? And meanwhile, everybody who's living on the island together, they're like, I mean, we got each other, you know? (laughs) They're actually getting
2: along pretty good. At least we speak English to one another, not like the – the French, or yeah, the I can't be group. mad
1: at that guy. They lent me a cup of sugar the other day. You know, <laughs> yeah. and why pick on that guy? His son just died of dysentery on
2: the Oregon train. Good but, lord! <laughs> uh, but, but don't misunderstand either; they're all out there to make a buck. I mean, capitalism has fat. its ways out there, doesn't it? So there's going to be some some competition when everybody's trying to make a buck. Well, there's two particular names
1: that have to be brought up here right away, and this is pretty great. And Cohen, I do mean this. This is your ensemble. Um, historical, fictional comedy. Okay. This is our masterpiece right here, brother. This is what I want to work on with you. Word. Um, Okay. This one could be very fun. Um, There's a fateful day in 1859 when an American farmer who was living on the island by the name of Lyman Cutler. Jack Black. (laughs) Pretty good one so far. Lyman Cutler, he's going to get fed up of supposedly, here's the thing, supposedly, Having this pig on his land on a regular basis—a a roaming pig—that is going to just show up and just starts eating um, p- the potatoes that he's trying to grow on his farm. Okay. Now, if you wake up in the morning, now let's be honest. All right, my I've seen my father chase some deer off with a BB gun before. All right, <laughs> Shh, I've done. <laughs> this is New Jersey. <laughs> That's why we don't say I'll what county. that part. Yeah, we're not going to say <laughs> what county we live in. Um, and of course, Uncle Paulie has killed everything that stepped on his front lawn, including. Mailman. Um, but uh, So
0: that's why there's all those trucks there. <laughs> I've been curious about that.
1: Well, Lyman Cutler is going to get fed up of seeing this pig eating his potatoes. And he's American too. And he goes, oh, God damn it. Just just eating my goddamn potatoes. So what's he do, Kahuna? I'll give he, you one guess. He shoots it. Yep. Drops him. Drops this pig right there. Uh,
2: except yeah. the- Now, the pig actually belonged to the Hudson Bay Company, which is a British-owned company. So you, on this island- And it's a sought after island simply because it didn't have a whole lot of trees and stuff on it that was vast pasture land. So, the Hudson Bay comes in there and they set up- Just a little
1: note about Hudson Bay Company is uh, if you have to ask what it is, uh, you're not allowed in. These are guys (laughs) you don't mess with. These are uh, the Hudson Bay Company. It sounds like a very nice company here, but these were the cutthroat people that were coming in. If an agent was coming through town, it was like, uh, I better be on your best behavior. Don't trust that guy. There's something nefarious going on here. So- very, very, very much so. A little bit of like a an old world mafia. Almost.
2: Well, yeah, and, and mercenary, really, kind of a thing that they're, they're hired guns for the. To, if you want they're to, they're going a, to make you an offer. You can't refuse. <laughs> that's right. So they set up sheep, sheep uh, farming, and and pigs. And meanwhile, there's a. Uh, a sizable group of Americans that are on the same island because, again, this island is is in dispute and the boundary line technically runs right down through the middle of this island. So, who really owns the island? Well, both sides are staking claim to it. Uh, the Americans start setting up some of these small farms and uh, old Lyman Cutler there, he, he's got a nice vegetable farm that uh, some of the Hudson Bay pigs decided they were going to uh, go uh, – Troughing in, so
1: no, troughing. <laughs> well, Lyman Cutler shoots a pig, and uh, things are escalating quickly because that pig, in particular, belongs to an Irishman employed by the Hudson Bay Company by the name of Charles Griffin, and he wasn't really thrilled about the whole. You shut my pig, yeah, my thing. my
2: my pork chops. I mean, come
1: on. Yeah, we're going to make Taylor pig, out
2: of that again, though. For the times, though, a pig is a very valuable commodity because once you raise and and uh, slaughter a pig, you can you can mm-hmm. Garnish enough stuff off of that pig to get you through the almost a year, as far as the absolutely, you know, ham hocks, uh, bacon, uh, the the fat from it. But you me. can't
1: replace the camaraderie.
2: <laughs> that's right. That's, that's <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: That's right. Well, again, before this incident, the multinational inhabitants of this island lived in relative peace, but that's about to change. Because like we said, Griffin is a Hudson's Bay Company, man, and you don't fuck with those guys. Add in the fact that he's Irish, okay? So he's an Irishman in, in the employ of the British crown uh, with the Hudson Bay Company. The guy who killed the pig? The, uh, no, the guy whose pig got killed. Who owned the pig. The so, guy who owned yeah, the pig, so okay. now just picture Jason Statham,
0: you know. It's <laughs> so just so I have things right- Dude oh, it's was, chaos, so you're doing yeah, the right no, thing. No, <laughs> I'm just trying to... So I'm doing an early recap. So guy has a farm. He An American minded, has a farm. An American guy has a farm, minding his own business, but then this company has one of their pigs just roaming around because for whatever reason, they just don't give a fuck. And he shoots the pig because the pig's eating his shit, and now this is about to cause a shitstorm?
1: Yes. Absolutely. So there's free grazing going on with the animals, and uh, this guy happens to keep a pig with him as well, this Griffin guy. And uh, again, this is it's one of those things where, you know, this probably isn't true. But when the story's this good, you have to say what it was. Apparently, there was a quote, uh, Lyman Cutler, the guy who shot the pig. Mm-hmm. He goes, uh, your pig was eating my potatoes. And Griffin's response was. You keep your potatoes out of my
0: pig. <laughs> are you serious? Wait, it's a pretty good one. Wait, you're not making that nope. up? No, nope. no way.
1: That was it. It was the two of them just couldn't see either. And by and the Irish have a funny way of, of dismounting. <laughs> you Capier. <laughs> you
0: calling me a liar? It's I ain't funny. calling you a truther. You got two
2: things that are dear to your heart. You got your potatoes and you got your pig. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> putting them all together. Oh. What do you got? You got a many happy meals going there. I was gonna
1: say there's some good stuff on that one. Um, so they wind up trying to handle it locally, if you will. And Cutler is going to offer ten bucks compensation. Now, not only does Griffin refuse that, he demands, I believe, at least ten times more. Right, Dad? Something along those lines. Yeah, but he and adjusted for inflation, this is thousands of dollars of damage um it, it, what he's seeking in you have killed my pig <laughs> you want you want to
0: offer to me 10 i want hundreds boyo
1: <laughs> it really wasn't I, I by the way that was strange cuz uh, his ex's favorite started pig off, <laughs> yeah it Cutest started off one uh, out of a lot <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's some pig <laughs> this is this is so oh my god the stupidity the stupidity in this story is so annoying cuz it's just like a little bit of Communication and critical crow crow would have just ended it. And wait till you see where it goes next. (laughs) Oh, you got to be kidding me. I love this.
2: Yeah. So now to bring it up a a little bit here, um, the British authorities are now demanding the arrest of Cutler (laughs) and the eviction of all the Americans off the island. So it's an island that's in dispute. And now the British are saying, all you Americans, get the hell out over this whole big incident. Wow. So now the shame. British are threatening to arrest Cutler and evict all his countrymen, the Americans. And then uh, what do the Americans do? The Americans then contact the local American governor seeking uh, seeking help, uh, bring, in, bring in the army to help protect us. Dude, these and, guys are being dicks. What we do we <laughs> do? That's right. Send in some more dicks. So-
0: yeah, so <laughs> something clear. that
2: could have been de- de-escalated um, is now stirring up, stirring the pot and even, even more than now you're bringing in the uh, the US Army it's to help the, protect the American rights. Of, it's the dramatic uh, the jumps farmer. that yeah. are like
0: bugging me because it's like one American kills one pig, ship them all away. That
1: is, It's a broad sword they're cutting with. You're right. And keep in mind, just to be clear, this is a British authority attempting to enforce laws to someone who is not a citizen of theirs. Okay. So the guy they're trying to punish is not a citizen of the crown. He's an American. And that is a thing where it's like, oh, well, he was being a dick. And like, yeah, but you can't tell him. His parents have to yell at him. Okay, you can't. Another parent can't discipline him. Somebody please hit this child. Yeah. You can't (laughs) punch Max in the face. Um, Only his dad can punch him.
0: (laughs) Good Lord. (laughs) Inside (laughs) baseball.
1: But uh, again, so this land is not exactly their domain either. This is a disputed territory. The outcry for American military intervention – That's going to be heard all the way back on the East Coast in a few months from now. In yeah. the meantime, in, they're
2: going <laughs> to. In the meantime, they go to the local military protection, which is one Brigadier General William S. Harney. Now, we're going to find out more about Mr. Harney later on in, during a little <laughs> greater conflict than the Pig War, but that would be the Civil War. Oh, we have a hand up in yeah, the back. Yes. I have a
0: question. <laughs> the, the reason it takes so long to get to the East Coast is because they relied on Soapy Smith to send their tel-
2: <laughs> 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 The telegraph line that went to
1: nowhere? Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> if you
1: don't know that reference, please check out our. Soapy Smith episode, one of the, <laughs> the all-time
2: greats. Now, Soap's going to come along a little later on, but uh, he is a known anti-British, uh, he's a British hater. He hates the Brits. He's an American. He's an American general, but hates the British, anti-British commander. But he's also the commander of the Department of Oregon. And he's which from Tennessee.
1: Just- he's, been, he's made his bones as an Indian
2: fighter. So, yeah. America. He, it's, it's, <laughs> he's a <laughs> guy you don't want to mess with, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> right. And what does he he do? He sends in – he orders a company, uh, Company D of the 9th U.S. Infantry under one Captain George E. Pickett.
1: Stand by. If you know that name, American History Diehards. I know James Mack knows this. I know Stu knows this. I know Nick Franco. There's a couple – I bet you Deb P., Deb Potts out there, who by the way, diehard fan that came along board here. Uh, There's a lot of people that I know are going to know this particular name. So we're going to pause on that for just one second here. Uh, that contingent that gets sent in by Harney, uh, our boy Harney. Harney. Yeah. 66-person um, contingent. They're going to make their way to the island on June 27th,
2: 1859.
1: July 27th. So, that's right. Did I say, what did I say <laughs> June? you said June. It was I, July. I'm real bad with that. So here's actually the no, thing. I'm, no I'm, I'm already scrolling back because that initial incident takes place. Um, and this is going to go down in a matter of weeks. June The, de- 15th. the death of Babe. That's it's yeah, pretty much. Okay. So, um,
2: (laughs) the death of Babe, right? Babe was shot on June 15th. So now, by July, uh, the Americans are sending in, um, the army, sending in the army to help defend the Americans who are on the island, as well as the Brits who are on the island on this disputed island. And because a pig ate some potatoes. (laughs) <laughs> we're we're uh, calling in the We're calling in the, did, uh, the did troops. Did no
0: one just sit back and was like, "Yo, it, the pig ate in potatoes? <laughs> did was there one person? Nope. The wheels of uh, logic and justice move slowly um, <sighs> as we're going to cover here. Oh my god! Now I know who I want to play, Carney. In this scenario, oh, there's a couple of good ones, man.
1: And this guy oh. we're introducing now is a character in his own right. Uh, the American troops at this point, the 66 man contingent that are going to be landing on the island, they are under the command. Of a, a name many fans of Civil War history know quite well. Uh, at the time, he is Captain George Pickett. Pickett was a US military hero at this the time of this action. Um, and he's thought of in that regard, not as we think of him now, as the future Confederate general whose name is synonymous with a failed charge at Gettysburg. Also synonymous with the high water mark of the Confederacy. So anybody wants to tell you that, that like, oh, well, you know, that, that they were dumb rebels and they were white supremacists. and was, No, they were almost winning. They almost <laughs> won the whole thing. The generals were that damn good. Everything was good. Uh, Gettysburg changes the entire tide. The third day of the battle, Pickett's Charge, infamous bloodbath. I mean, it, it's the craziest thing to walk That Did you go to Gettysburg as a kid? No, I never went. I've I never was- – We've, uh, I think my father's been more than I have. That was an annual trip for him, but you can walk this path that these guys were walking on. You're just like, now imagine thousands of rifles pointed at you as cannons are going off nearby, and this guy Pickett is forced to lead this fateful charge that pretty much collapses the entire Confederacy, uh, turns the tide of the Civil War completely around for the Union. Right now, this guy. Is just thought of as he's an American hero. He's not even a Confederate yet. There's no Confederacy. It's right. brewing.
2: It's, it's brewing. Still the U.S. Yeah, back home again. We're still in 1859. There's a lot of difference uh, of opinions here as to what we're going to do with the whole North-South slave issue and states' rights and all of that stuff. But uh, right now, he's a captain and uh, has served previously with uh, with honors. And again, we're not too- American
1: War. Some of the uh, a couple other battles too. Also marrying into. Some descendants of other presidents and stuff too. So he's definitely, if you want to look at somebody and say, 30 years from now, could this guy be a president?" Yeah. It's it's there. This
2: this guy Pickett is a West Point grad. He was a classmate of George B. McClellan for the other uh, Civil War aficionados out there. So um, you know, all these guys knew one another. We they were either classmates at, at, at West Point or they served together uh, in the Mexican uh, in the Mexican War with Mexico. So. Uh, but again, they're they're, they're uh, uh, name takers and ass kickers, so.
1: Well, let me say this. I'm going to plant a seed now so that it can pay off later for a potential Kahuna jaw drop moment. Here we go. Kahuna, at the very end of the episode, uh, if I don't cover it, which I hope I remember to, uh, just ask me what happened to Pickett. What okay? happened to Pickett? Yep. Just what happened to Pickett? So he's the guy now that's going over here. He's an American hero. He's... You know he's uh, going to these islands. These colonial Marines, you know, one-way ticket down. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> so he's going. He is uh, the ultimate badass as he's going over there, and uh, he's going to be on board the USS Massachusetts with sixty-six men of the Ninth Infantry, with orders to prevent the British from landing on the island and possibly carrying out the arrest and or punishment of Old Lyman Pig Shooter Cutler, as he was getting <laughs> to be known in these times. Piggy, piggy, yeah. Uh, once the British uh, in Vancouver, of course, under the leadership of Governor James Douglas, would dispatch three British warships to the area as a show of force. Do you guys remember the whole uh, Britannia rules the waves thing? Yep. Yeah. That, that came from something. It's their Navy. They got the best one in the world. Yeah. We eclipsed them later on, but not for at least another 40, 50
2: years.
0: It's been a minute. Yeah. It'll, well, it'll be a minute.
1: Oh, yeah. So, so at the time, they're still the greatest naval right.
2: power in the world. Pickett takes his really a small contingent of uh, army uh, onto the island so he's got what 47 men on the island that does nothing but piss off the British who now um, send you know the, the Hudson Bay people and then send out to uh, Vancouver. To say, hey, you know, got to help us here because they, they, the Americans <laughs> just landed army guys. So what's the British are going to do? They're going to bring in their navy. So now they've got these three British men of war <laughs> surrounding the island, and the island is crucial too because there was um, some research that I found that there might be uh, gold and other resources in the area, and this island is at the at the head of the river that. You know, um, military tactics of the day is you control that island, you're going to bottle, uh, bottle up that whole area. So, whoever controls that island is going to be able to control vast amount of territory because of the waterways that it would protect.
1: Location, location, location.
2: location. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's little, but it's
1: mighty. So now with Pickett on the island with his troops, uh, you know, and the British are getting <laughs> nervous because the last time the Americans decided to do whatever they want after they showed up, it was uh, there was some blood spilt. OK,
0: it's always a shit show when we do that. It's uh, it, it's so
1: great because there's so many reasons to admire it, but also be like, ooh, come on, guys, yeah. what are you doing here? <laughs> um, we show up too drunk to the party all the time. It's a good way to look at it. And I will say this, too. There's a little bit of a. a a 300 type line here, too, that old uh, Pickett has. Yeah. When they start informing, him, you oh, know, well, we got the, the British man of war coming here. You're going to be outnumbered by all these troops. You got a small group. We're going to overtake you in no time. And Pickett's line was, we'll make a bunker hill out of this. No shit. Yeah. Which got my hair standing up my <laughs> arm a little bit. So um, yeah.
2: but you know, and now the British are coming in with a 31 gun uh frigate um, and uh, another one had 21 guns and then a smaller one had 10 guns. Um, but but primarily on the British ships are the Royal Marines. So, they don't have an army per se, but they do have the Marines that they could offload off of these ships onto the island to face the American army under the leadership of Pickett. Uh, All this over a dead pig. All over over this over a dead pig. pig. And then (laughs) to add to the intrigue um, with some of the crosslinks here, one of the British naval commanders was also the guy that was in the harbor at New Orleans in the Battle of 1812. Oh, shit. <laughs> when, when Andy Jackson was kicking some shit. So, uh, you know, there's a, there's a hatred of the British by the Americans, and there's a hatred of the Americans on the British side, at least, you know, a, a strong dislike. And all of this is just escalating. It's, it's you know, it's a- Which is funny because they really like New
1: York and New Jersey where it's just there's so much in common that if you didn't have that little dividing line between the two of them. Like if a New York, New Jersey person find each other on vacation, they go hang out. Same thing with British and Americans at this time, which kind of is a foreshadowing thing for a little bit later in the story here. But if you don't know, the Bunker Hill battle, very important battle in the American Revolution, a strategic loss on paper, if you will, for uh, the good people uh, of the American Revolution – a victory for the, the British. However, the British suffered massive casualties. So Pickett's pretty much saying like, I mean, you're going to win if you want, but we're not going to make it easy for you. Mm-hmm. So... In short, he just walked into the locker room of the uh, NBA All Star Game and said, "Which one of you motherfuckers is coming in second? Harry Bird's now. This would have <laughs> right. just
0: been so much easier if they just did what they do in hip hop and just released a diss track. Hey, you killed my That's- fucking pig. Would have been easier, man. That's all. And but now nah, we're no, going to no. go to war. That's the modern <laughs>
1: sense. Yeah, this is um, this is a little bit. So it doesn't go full on Tupac Biggie. It does get a little bit <laughs> diceier than a uh, uh, Machine Gun Kelly and Eminem or something. We'll say that. Uh, there's a little. Um, we're not. Uh, com-
0: don't, we don't compare those two things. Yes, of those, course. Those not. are ma- those more magnetic opposites. And my that's idea. why,
1: right in the middle, is that dumb dumb story we're
2: telling right now.
0: Oh no.
2: <laughs> yeah. So meanwhile, I mean, the British up the ante by sending in the warships. And then the Americans up the ante because uh, Pickett then asks for reinforcements, so they send in another 171 guys under uh, different, uh, different command, a different different commander, Lieutenant Colonel Silas Casey, and he now assumes command with with Pickett in tow. And they try to have a little parley with the British, to, like, let's, let's see if we can't calm things down. Meanwhile, word of all of this shit going on goes back to Washington, but it takes forever for the news to travel. So yeah.
1: Washington and London, both respectively, are going to find out about this weeks after there's a potential bloody engagement about to take place on this island. And the response from the monarchy uh, over in England is the same as in the White House in America Of whoa 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 a fucking pig is doing (laughs) (laughs)
0: fucking I think the queen said that didn't she That's (laughs) Queen Victoria a a fucking pig (laughs) I well man there are moments in history where you wish that you could have been a fly on the wall to see Uh, this would be a good one I would have been so happy to hop in the Delorean and just see. Or listen to Queen Victoria go over a fucking pig.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, because keep in mind, all this escalation is being done by the local authorities. Okay, because that's um, uh, Harney is the guy in charge out there of the military in that section of the country. So he's the one that's escalating a lot of this. And now it's uh the British, uh, the Vancouver Governor, um, if you will, who is a a British royalty. Mm -hmm. Um, he's the one who's been escalating a lot of this too. So both of these decisions for a show of force. Seeming to be leading up for a potential bloodbath are being made by the local governments and not the ruling central governments because news is a little bit slower back then. So on August 10th, 1859, less than two months after the pig in question was shot, there are now 461 American soldiers with 14 cannons on a collision course with five British warships mounted with over 70 cannons. And over 2,000 Royal Marines on board.
2: Right. And the Royal Marines on board, they just had an amphibious landing in China. So these weren't guys that just out of school. These are hardened veterans, if you will, fighting against the Chinese, it, with, which is another British uh, Oh, it's all ramping endeavor. up. Yeah, it's definitely ramping up. And then by the end of August, now these uh, 461 Americans are, are digging in. Awaiting the uh, the amphibious assault of the Royal <laughs> Marines, mm-hmm. and they're placing these uh, thirty-two pound uh, naval guns that they had removed from one of the U.S. ships. So you know they're they're more than just rifles. They're they're they've got some something to answer to the British. Bombardment if it comes.
1: Yeah. So just picture those kettlebells that Joe Rogan swings. uh, Picture one of them being launched at your head
2: uh, with with (laughs) the most 30 coming at you. What were you saying, though? No, I said a little interesting side tidbit that I came across here. (laughs) It's way too many. But uh, while the Americans are digging in, the guy that was in charge of uh, creating this reefed out, this this excavation, is one Lieutenant Henry M. Robert. Now, why does that name mean anything? He's the future author of Robert's Rules of Order. So the guy that's getting ready to sock it out with the British is, oh, wait a minute, parliamentary procedure, Robert's Rules of Order. You have to be recognized by the floor before, you know, all all, all that crap that anybody's had. A little decorum in these bar fights, will you, fellas? (laughs) Really, really.
1: Nothing in the face.
2: (laughs)
0: Uh,
2: Meanwhile, all these guys are, are gearing up for something bigger. But no, no shots have been fired in violence, if you will. The British are now bombarding these uh, cliffs, these rock cliffs. They're sending solid shot at the rock cliffs just to make a whole lot of noise and thunder. And the Americans are, are doing the same, but not at the British. But, you know, they're firing off their kind of stuff. Meanwhile, on Sunday, both sides, British and American, would go to church services together. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> just, just crazy <laughs> Just absolute crazy oh, You boys celebrate Christmas too Oh <laughs> right. my you good. right?
0: Oh good god yeah, Did no- you read
1: that new novel by Dickens It's pretty good <laughs> <laughs> There's like ghost and shit in it <laughs> <That's right. laughs> But um, yeah that's a true story So they actually become almost um You, you see the starting if you will the, the beginning of what would be considered The special relationship Where you're like are we really going to fight these guys We got so much in right. common with them Like you said dad the language barrier, which is a huge barrier for overcoming anything right? Um, in terms of wanting to work with somebody, you can be the nicest guy on planet Earth, but if you're not speaking the same language, it gets a little frustrating to try to work together. They're speaking the same language. Their militaries are literally modeled off of one another, okay? And you probably have some cousins that maybe are living, or, and you're like, and we're all the way out here, man. So, these governments that we're fighting for are literally in different time zones right now. So- Makes it a little bit difficult to sit there and say, well, let me be a dick to the guy next to me uh, so that the guy that maybe doesn't know I exist 3,000 yeah. miles away will be proud.
2: I think the guys, the boots on the ground realized, do we really want to kill somebody over the death of a pig? You know, do, do Thank we, you. you. know, Someone's <laughs> finally asking the important <laughs> questions. Right. Right, but oh it's like if you found out Helen
1: of Troy was a fat chick. <laughs> oh, good Lord, uh, No disrespect, but if it looked like Honey Boo Boo, I don't think Achilles was going to be leading everyone in there. <laughs> there you go. So.
0: You're fucking asshole sometimes. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> oh my God. I can't, finally, I'm just so happy that someone is now asking the questions of like, yo, this was all over a freaking pig. We're good. Yeah. That's right. it. We can, we can work something we've got, out. We've got warships aimed at each other yeah. over a pig.
1: Well, it's about to get more serious because uh, the Vancouver governor, uh, Douglas here, he's ready for an actual fight to start. In fact, he will order Rear Admiral Robert Baines, a hero of the Napoleonic Wars. You know, the, the great fate of civilization rested at one time on this guy's shoulders to be able to fight the Napoleonic armies. They were conquering the world, you know, the world of the time, man, the
2: yeah. world. Over San Juan Island.
1: Yeah. And you're going to send him now. It's like, hey, remember Napoleon when you took out the, you know, possibly the greatest military commander, the biggest threat to the freedom of uh, the world and city states and, you know, sovereignty and everything like that. Um, yeah. Listen, so we got this pig thing going on in, uh, <laughs> yeah, in Canada, and uh, which doesn't exist yet, but you'll see. Yeah. Um, so they're gonna send him over there and Bain's actually finally uh he gets the order, land your men at San Juan and engage with the Americans. And Bain refuses the order. He goes, uh, this is an exact quote as far as I could show up with Two great nations in a squabble over a pig just seems foolish.
0: <laughs> yeah. No shit. Yep.
1: So Baines goes, "Uh, come on, guys, I don't want to do that. You're gonna make me do this. Is dumb. This
2: is dumb.
0: That's like but- asking Brad Pitt to start a direct to video movie. That's.
2: A- <laughs> am, am I wrong? Yeah. Like, no. Yeah, do a commercial. Um, at the same time, though, when word comes back to Washington about what's going on out in Oregon, uh, we have President James Buchanan, and what is he going to do? Well, he's going to send General Winfield Scott. Yeah, that Winfield Scott, he's the U.S. Army commander. So he's in charge of the entire army. He's the guy that's the hero of uh, the war of 1812, a veteran of the 1812. He was also a hero at the Mexican war. He was the guy that captured uh, Mexico City during the Mexican war. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you're going to send in your best. And that happened to be Winfield Scott at the time. And he has calmed down two other
1: um, border disputes up till then because he is a calm guy that commands respect in the room. So, he's very well thought of. He, mm-hmm. so he's the right guy. And, and by the way, for those fans of American history that already know this, again, a lot of you guys, Tyler Priceock, I know you know this, buddy. I know you know this. James Buchanan consistently ranked as the worst president right. in the history of the United States because he's the one that the the country went to war with itself during right. the presidency of.
2: Had, so, had Buchanan done some f- things a little differently It might not have come to a Fort Sumter in the start of the American Civil War.
1: Yeah. He literally is handing the keys into a wrecked rental car to Lincoln and just says, thank you, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck with it. Yeah. (laughs) So he handed a lemon of a country off to uh, old Abe. Um, But it gets wild because, uh, again, this is a guy who does nothing over the brewing Civil War that's been going on for decades, right? But he sits there and he goes, all right, this pig thing, now that's a bad look. So we're going to have to do something about this one here. So like you said, Daddy sends out one of the most respected men in American history to go kind of uh, talk it out. All right. Let's let's uh, let's use our words. <laughs> Inside words. Inside voices. Let's use our words. Exactly. You know, it's a raise your hand if you want. Who holds the talking stick <laughs> during right. this? Um, now, both sides seem to agree that neither of them want to be the one who fires the first shot because there is a little bit. There's some gamesmanship to this. If you're a comedian and you pick on someone in the crowd and they have a good line to throw back at you, that's unexpected. And it looks like, like, oh shit, this guy's pretty funny. He he just caught the comedian off guard. If you're a heckler and you interrupt the comedian, whatever the comic says, the crowd's on the comic side. <laughs> so you could say, shut the fuck up, and they're just gonna cheer for you. Okay. <laughs> so there's this thing of don't shoot first. If the comic started it and it blew up in his face, the crowd's gonna laugh him off stage. It's just I've seen it happen. Right. right? But That's the gamesmanship here. Don't fire first, but make sure to egg it on that the situation could occur. That way we can react swiftly if it does. So uh, Baines has refused the order, says that these two great nations over a pig seems silly, right? Uh, You know, Winfield Scott is saying, well, let's not do that, guys. Let's be a little bit practical here. And um, again, Washington and London both respectively are saying, defend yourselves, but don't start nothing. So what do they do? Um,
0: (laughs)
2: Oh, no.
1: Not a single life is lost during this the war. The Great Pig War. The Great Pig War, correct? If you wanted except to serve
2: for the except for the life of the pig. One
1: pig. <laughs> one delicious, succulent pig.
0: Yo, this pig better have like the coolest looking grave I've ever seen because <laughs> if all this started because of that, like that pig must be celebrated. Kermie! <laughs> <laughs> Miss Piggy. Hi! (laughs) That's a very dark start to a Muppet
2: movie. Oh, man. I'm here for it. That was Miss Piggy's great-grandmother or something, right? Uh Tim Burton directs.
1: Oh, yeah. We'll have uh, Kermit singing Johnny Cash. I hurt myself today. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so that's what winds up happening. Uh, They both decide that they cannot be the one that starts the fight. So what do you do? You act like gentlemen. You act like good... You act like sophisticated um, representatives of your nation and your your nation's military. You're a British gentlemen, right? You are American entrepreneurs. You are uh, the best of both worlds, or you can just make fun of each other nonstop and you know insult one another and be like, "Hey, your mom is so fat." <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's right. They're literally telling little uh, Monty Python. Uh- Heckling over, the, oh, over yeah. the castle wall to the French. right?
0: Do you bite your thumb at me, sir? There's a lot he of screams that. Screams over the, the brick wall. Your mother was a hamster <laughs> and your father smelled of elderberries.
1: <laughs> it's the truth, though. That's literally what happened. They would egg each other on to see, oh, today's the day. We're going to get them. We're going to get them. And... Uh, It never actually winds up taking place. So, again, the only casualty of this war is
0: the- Is a freaking pig. The
2: the aforementioned pig. What what they decided to do, though, was to have joint military occupation of the island. So, you had the Brits on one end of the island. You had the Americans on the other end of the island. And this joint military occupation went on for 12 years because there was another little incident that kind of interrupted this whole thing while they were negotiating this thing out. Um, as to where the boundary line was actually going to be drawn. Uh, it's called the American Civil War. I mean, some guys fired, did did start a real shooting war. and So, uh, rain check? Kind of. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: I'll get back to you on that. Now, imagine you're stationed out there on San Juan Island. You're like, we're hanging out. We kind of, like, we don't actually fight. We just talk about it a lot, and it's over a pig, and no one's dying. Um, either that, or we could be at this place called Antietam, from which I'm hearing is not pleasant. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So you got all these things going on out here. Uh, And again, the the Brits and Americans are on the island, they almost become like buddies during this multiple year debacle. And it's pretty funny. It's a funny thing to laugh about. And no one dies, so we can mock it a little bit. The camps of both respective armies are still kept as historical markers on this island. Um, Now, Dad, you said that the thing kind of ended and they came to an agreement here. Um, Well,
2: well, a negotiated, a negotiated agreement. So what do you do? You got to bring in someone impartial, No. Yeah, a mediator. And this was the first time that uh, two, um, two countries went to mediation over a dispute. So this was, again, historically significant. Um, but in 1871, Great Britain, and United States finally signed this thing called the Treaty of Washington. And the San Juan question was referred to none other than Kaiser Wilhelm I of Germany. Germany, brand new country, by the way. They finally unified all the provinces.
1: This is a brand new country, and this is one of their first big majestic leaders. He's a pretty uh, remarkable guy. Kaiser, by the way, who, if you don't know, German for Caesar. They consider themselves the- Kaiser, yeah. Yeah, Kaiser, and the same thing with Tsar in Russia, meaning Caesar. Caesar, right. They both were competing with one another for who is the continuation of Rome.
2: He's the head honcho. He's the head honcho of Germany, Kaiser But And it's also interesting, too, for those of us who got a little British- uh, ancestral background type of a thing. There's a lot of uh, German in British monarchy, just as there's a lot of British and uh, German monarchy kind of a thing. There's a lot of intermarriages going on here. But anyhow, this whole thing is referred to Kaiser Wilhelm I of Germany to settle this thing. And what does the Kaiser do? Well, he's going to pass it on to somebody else. <laughs> he assigns this three-man arbitration commission who met uh, for nearly a year in Geneva? So this thing really wasn't uh, wasn't settled out until 1872. So something that started in 1859 by having a pig get shot really isn't settled out uh, officially, legally until the establishment of the boundary line uh, through going around the island rather than through the middle of it, uh, and it was uh, that wasn't again until October 21st, 1872. So. The pig war was a long, long war, man. Gotta we, get we, America out of these endless wars, man. Right, we were <laughs> over pigs, man. <laughs> we were we were saying bad things about them back and forth, verbal abuse. Oh man, he called me this, I called him that. It's you a, talking to me? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: yes.
1: Good it's boy. pretty great. So I, I want to get to a casting couch here in a second. Um, we did kind of cover because this is pretty wild to me too. If you want to talk about the pig war. You're going to bring in Kaiser Wilhelm, the guy who Americans, a few generations later, will be going overseas to fight against in the war to end all wars. Okay. But he comes in and he's the peacemaker, if you will, on paper for the pig war. So hit me. What happened to Pickett? I was hoping you were going to ask that. So Pickett, as people will know, he goes on to uh, be um, a little bit of a a goat, not like a Tom Brady goat, but a, a got your goat kind of a guy, um, a lot of the blame falls onto his shoulders for the loss of the Battle of Gettysburg. A lot of is because so many historians back then were so appreciative of Robert E. Lee and wanted to protect his legacy, but Lee kind of even admitted, he goes, eh, it's, I fucked that one up, boys. That's probably on me. Yeah. So Pickett is the scapegoat for that. Now, also later on in his career uh, during you know, the war, he, uh, he actually did order the execution of a couple of um, people that he labeled as deserters. But they were from North Carolina, but they were Union soldiers. He goes, oh, you deserted the Confederacy because North Carolina's with the Confederacy. So, because he ordered the deaths of these people, Pickett was very, very nervous that post-Civil War, he was going to get cracked down on hard because the Union was going to say, hey, um, that's kind of war criminal shit what you did there, buddy. Yeah. So, where does he go to hide out, Dad? I don't know. You tell me. Canada.
2: (laughs) There you go. (laughs) There you go. Yep. Yeah, those British guys, they weren't bad. I had a good time, you know. I mean, no one ever died up there. There's plenty to eat. Um, But – Yeah, and even even the whole name Pickett's Charge, which is synonymous to, uh, you know, a a considerable slaughter of men and everything else. Pickett wasn't really the guy that was in charge of all that. It was was just – the name was put on him. I believe there was another general, uh, Armistead, that was actually – uh, had more men in that thing, but it, it was a total, total <laughs> faux pas. I mean, I mean, General General Lee
1: ordered him. You're blaming the punter for a botched punt that lost you the game, right? Why was the game decided, decide a bull by a botched punt? It's because right. the coach and it's it was cause everything missed,
2: else let and you, and it was a miss snap on the Ah, uh, Oh, well, you <laughs> hurt me, <laughs> all right? Uh, somebody went off sides, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then um, Pickett never forgave Lee for for that of being. He was the last guy on the battlefield in, in the three day battle of Gettysburg. But again, we're we're diverging away from the from the Great Pig War. But well,
1: Pickett is a very interesting character. The final weird fact. The final weird fact about Pickett because there were people that really thought big things were going to happen for this guy. He's kind of a flamboyant guy, a uh, big personality, a lot of cool weird successes early on. Um, one of his own biographers even said, you can see the melancholy in his face in any portraits taken after Gettysburg. Right. He, he carried that with him. Right. So, I uh, guess what he winds up kind of working out a pardon with, so he can come back into the United States post-Canada. Uh, president and former leader of the Union Army, oh, Ulysses, Ulysses S. Grant, Grant. who uh, picket, just to show you a weird turn of events, how quickly things turn around. They knew each other from uh, the war with Mexico, right? Mexican American War, right? Um,
2: they were both West Point grads as
1: well. Yeah, they they knew uh, they knew each other. I mean, a lot of these guys all knew each other too. But that's how weird it is that Pickett marches these guys down the field at Gettysburg. The Confederacy is pretty much you know that's the high water. That was a mar- turning point. Oh yeah. So uh, Pickett's going to get blamed for a lot of that. The guy who defeats them at that battle, uh, General George Meade. He's going to get replaced and fired because he doesn't pursue the Confederacy hard enough by Lincoln. Uh, the job will eventually go to Ulysses S. Grant. So now you have the you're a Confederate general in disgrace, and uh, the war's over now. And the guy who beat you, who you know knocked the Confederacy into submission, you're going to hit him up and be like, "Dude, remember when we were roommates, bro? <laughs> Dude, we used to have so much fun, man." <laughs> right. Yeah. Can you like hook it up? Can I come back to America, please? And they let him come back to America. So that he he was not allowed to serve back in the military though. This guy had such a bright career ahead of him and he just – he's the loser in this story. The story is absurd. There's nothing to lose in this story. Everybody's like, oh, we kind of went to war over a pig. Okay. I mean, we almost did.
2: And it wasn't settled out for how many years later? Yeah. No blood for bacon.
0: Um, But uh,
2: (laughs) – Oh, man. scrapple
0: though. I mean, there is that. That's (laughs) – this is one of the more dumber stories I think we've
1: covered. <laughs> it is. So that's why I want to emphasize the loser being Pickett here because the guy had such a bright future and he's only remembered for something that really truly wasn't even his fault. Winds up uh, returning to America and he sells insurance until he dies. Uh, he dies of an abscess of the liver, I believe. So okay. That's not a good way to go. Um, good Lord. But I got nothing else on the pig ward. Do you?
2: No, that's uh, that pretty much covers it. But I just thought it was a fascinating war that went on really for what, 12 years? Uh without having me to do the math, but uh I never heard of this one before and you know, there's many little known wars that uh it didn't really didn't make the, the big headlines, but uh thankfully that we didn't have to uh have additional human bloodshed. I mean it takes so blood. long
0: for the for the news headlines to reach where they got to be printed, that I'm not surprised.
2: Yeah, I think even with uh, when Winfield Scott went up there to find out what the heck is going on here, it was like six weeks because he's a again- big,
1: big old white guy too. So I like to picture if he showed up, they're like, "The pig's
2: back! He's here, <laughs> <laughs> a <Papa> Pig." <laughs> what
0: That's wild because then you think about what possible other battles were like, e- either completely lost or nearly lost to history, just because there's no record of it, or like near little wars because tr- it took so long for word to travel, you know, I, right. I don't know. I just think about stuff like that. Well, but we we is-
2: got some others coming up, I think, down the road for uh, the little known wars that America fought in that, uh, I mean, we put them, a lot of them clumped together just calling them the banana wars. Well, what the heck was that all about? I mean, Smelly. When, you're, when you're trying to take over a country? Yeah. Okay.
0: Oh, man, but this was one of the more stupid ones for sure.
2: (laughs) So I'm thinking you
1: have to go ensemble with this, and it has to be a bunch of you know.
0: But like, here's my thing though, and I never want to do this because history movies deserve to be told fully truth, fully in truth. I think that's I think that's a case. However, with this, I'm gonna take a little bit of an artistic liberty. We're gonna do comedy ensemble movie, but the vibe we're going for is Hangover. (laughs) <laughs> so we're going to do Hangover And it's a group of buddies Who are both American and British soldiers Wild night out And just before they all pass out from the drunkness They hear about this pig that gets shot And they're like, oh okay do we have to deal with it no <laughs> so they pass out
1: wake up the next
0: day wake up the next it's day it's 12 and, years later and <laughs> there's, a war,
2: there's a war about to break out <laughs> but not the war that we were anticipating but uh right yeah
1: oh yeah so my my only thing Winfield Scott needs to be played by Dan Aykroyd I just need to see it in my life <laughs> Right. it's important to me um, oh man but we're gonna wrap because LP you have to jump into a meeting um for something so yeah, yeah, uh yeah. I'm going to uh Great calls to make we're busy people. absolutely Dude. So we're going to put this one up tonight so that we're back on our regular schedule, guys. We worked really hard here. Kahuna's busting his ass for us. We're back on the regular schedule now. If you were a part of Escape from Jacksonville in the live crowd or if you came out or support in any way, it means a lot to me. Thank you so much for that. The album is going to be coming out. We're aiming for before October. I'm sorry, before uh, Halloween. So we'll have all that out. Me and the great Chris gonna have to sit down and work on some of that stuff. This show is going to keep on rolling, baby, at least until the winter. Right, Dad? When we send you but back there, down to South Beach.
2: Yeah. It's, but, uh, the, the temperature hasn't dropped significantly enough. To oh, it's still pretty do nice. the to skedaddle, but yeah. So we're going to
1: keep this rolling. You will get a Patreon episode at the end of this month. So that's our next one we've got to work on. That's going to be the Battle of the Chosen Reservoir. We leaked that over on the Patreon. If you want to know a little bit more about that, is, first of all, if you don't even know what war that battle's in, you need to join pony the up Patreon. Three bucks. Yeah, <laughs> toss me three dollars. Buy me a fucking cold brew, will yeah, I'm right. just trying to make you. I'm trying to make you smarter and more interesting at parties.
2: Yeah, talk uh, about little known wars. We're talking about the Pig War, but there's a lot of, you know, when fifty thousand plus people die in it, Americans die in it, and you don't know any squat about it. You need to pony up three bucks and learn learn some stuff. Can you, will
1: you, please? You know, <laughs> yeah. we appreciate you on that one, man. Uh, so, Cahoons, thank you so much. Thank you to Mike and Ming who Take great care of us over here at the Shared Universe podcast studio in Homedale, New Jersey. And uh, my name was KP Burke. And that was The Pig War, American Loser. An American loser the
0: day I was born. An American loser the day I was born. An American loser. Sir the day I was born.